It's time for the weekly Q&A that we call Splunk Talk. Episode number 19 for October 15th, 2010. The Soft Gooey Center. On today's show, we got Jeff Blake, Michael Wilde, and we got a couple of guests in the Splunk studio live at Splunk headquarters. It's all about gooey stuff and the UI. I gotta have more cowbell. Splunk time, writing answers without a doubt. Splunk time, we'll help you figure it out. Splunk time, I can tell the whole world about Splunk time. Splunk time. Greetings and happy Friday, everybody. Everybody out there in Splunk land. Today is uh, going to be another fun-filled episode of Splunk Talk. We have uh, we have some unfortunate news. The source of all of our hair jokes is on vacation this week. Well, mm. some of our hair jokes. Well, uh, we we do have a we do have a hair double. We have a stand-in. We have a hair double that you'll be hearing from uh, later later in the show. But uh, we've got Jeff Blake. How are you? You're in Chicago today, as always, right? As always. That's exciting. And, uh, of course, we have some folks that are in the studio. I believe, I think, we have the uh, the number one question and answer dude on Splunk Answers. Uh, oh, there he is. Yeah, gonna come up. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <gonna> come up. <laughs> Gerald Conipathy from Splunk. How's it going, dude? It's going all right. That's it's going all right until you brought that up. Yeah. It's just embarrassing. Cue the applause. Yeah. Um, no, no, just... How about the giggles? Just, yeah. Yeah. Well, we, <laughs> no applause. That, that giggle actually wasn't cued. That was, that was natural. So you're doing, you're doing pretty well. And uh, we have Sophie. She's there. Sophie Ting. You, um, hey! You're a documentation guru, yes, I am. are you? Is it, safe, is it safe to say you're a guru? I'll leave that to Gerald. Why, Gerald is the... I just never really liked that word. Well, given that it means teacher, isn't it? Give her a a term, then. What what is she? The documentation... Whatever. Shaman? (laughs) Okay. What's with the emphasis on shaman? Okay. Okay, that's awesome. And uh, here, it's Michael Wild, Splunk Ninja Guy. I'm here down in Austin, Texas. And uh, today, we're going to, let's get rolling and do a little bit of a chat about Splunk stuff. Splunk time! So last week, we uh, continued some strange deviation from our normal Q&A thing. And it seems like people are sort of liking it. Uh, and we just kind of had a panel, a little panel discussion, me, Jeff, and and uh, Maverick, Um Last week we were chatting about event types and durations and some other stuff, and and I remember Jeff uh, was talking about event rendering, you know, which is sort of like making the user interface look different based on event types, and it sort of spawned us to talk a little bit more about the UI. So we're going to chat about the UI today with me, Gerald, and Jeff. But do uh, you have any updates on the event rendering stuff, Jeff? Yeah, I think we we wrapped up the discussion last week um, with something that a lot of uh, customers have actually asked about. Matt Ubel, our friend Mubel from uh, the Indianapolis user group, had a question that he had put on answers. And it was lingering out there for a while, and I, I finally dug in and answered it. But it, it's basically something that you would think is fairly simple. Um, they have a, they had a bunch of um, events coming in that were they wanted to 
colorize them, so to speak. So if it was a certain source type, they wanted it to be one color. If it was another source type, it wanted to be another color. Just so in the in the events table uh, with the results, it was kind of easy to quickly visually see the different things coming in. So so I, I went ahead and uh, posted a blog for that this week, and uh, it, it just got me thinking that there's a lot of pieces of the UI that are seemingly intuitive but, in fact, are not. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that we've got two different kind of approaches um, based on XML. We have our simple XML, which is very simple to use. I think that's why they call it that. And then mm. um, if, <laughs> if there's you want to do – It's a much longer and complicated story behind that. We don't have time for that in this podcast. <laughs> Wait, so we'll go true? with your version. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it could be. Well – but you know what I want? Essentially, there's two pieces, right? There's simple and advanced, and I mean, I'll throw it out to you guys to to kind of dissect what that means. But uh, I think that'd be helpful for us to kick the show off. Yeah, to with. to back up a little bit, although I will, I I would wonder if if uh, Matt Ubel used colors like cornflower and fuchsia for his events. Um, <laughs> is you know we're talking about the, the user interface, and you know a lot of products you, you can't really monkey with the UI. And a couple of years ago, or maybe it's a couple of years now, we maybe a year or so, and and Splunk took this approach of making. Um, I heard the word composable user interface, so that you know you end up with uh, something you use out of the box, and you start doing searches, and maybe you're doing reports, and then there's a little little actions menu where you can create dashboards. And that's a lot of times what people want is a dashboard that displays meaningful statistics, or whatever. But uh, when, just so you're aware, when, when you create a dashboard and you're using the little widget panel arranger thing to do that, um, Splunk is actually writing a configuration for what's called a view. And it's doing that in, a, in a, what we around Splunk kind of call simple XML. Now, one thing to remember, one thing about the simple XML is the simple XML actually uh, generates or turns into under the covers advanced XML and what it does is it turns into a particular uh, format of the advanced XML. Now, the advanced XML is what the rest of the Splunk UI is based on, and you can pretty much do anything with it. Uh, sometimes it takes a bit more work. Sometimes it's pretty easy. Usually what I do if I need to uh, do something in the advanced XML is I'll start out with the simple, generate, have it generate and convert it to the advanced, and uh, uh, take that and modify and change the pieces. It's just easier for me to get a little start on that. Um, you know, the, 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 uh, you know, the big difference is that the advanced XML gives you much more access to a lot more lower level, um, uh, settings, uh, of the various objects you place in the page, as well as allowing you to change the relationship and positioning of the elements much more flexibly that you, than you can in the simple, the simple, you know, has a particular type of layout and it sticks with it. Yeah. yeah what, what I've, what I went through when I started kind of learning about this, when most people, you know, do is they start making a search, they create a report and they mm -hmm. use a simple XML and they drop it on a dashboard and then they load up this dashboard that has searches that may be efficient or non-efficient and they all load and all of a sudden, boom, your dashboard is kind of slow. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I learned and I've talked about this in the past is like when I do the podcast analytics dashboard, you know, there are ways with, you know, we talked about like hidden search and hidden post process where you basically can go and search and grab a pile of results and let the user interface um, filter them and compose them and change them. And, you know, Jeff Blake made a statement a while ago before I, I don't know if it was on a different podcast, but it was like once you 
want to do anything cool, you need to go to the advanced XML and you sort of never go back. And I've sort of found that to be true, but, um, or you could do what Lamar says and never, ever, ever use simple. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, <laughs> yeah, but that's like, it's, it's tough though. Cause, cause if you're learning, if you're, you know, if you use any of the templates, the bare bones template, or even the sample, it's pretty much, um, you're you're often running with the simple templates and you kind of don't even know that there's something else until you want to do something cool that requires that you go to the advanced and that that's sort of when you you kind of made it you you're ready to do something cool so some of the other stuff that we can do is um like you can you can bring other uh um you can bring other websites. You can you can scrape other websites and, and pull stuff in. You can do iframes, for example, and uh, well, a couple of our our uh, Splunk base apps use use some pretty cool examples for that. Um, what else can you do with advanced? That's that's you know something tangible that people would want to do that you can't do in in uh, simple. Well, um, some of the ways you can have click-throughs and drill-downs work in much more interesting ways in the advanced XML. I find that that's a lot of what I've used it for is, for example, clicking on things and having it open up cascading levels of searches um, uh, uh, is, 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 like I said, one of the more common things I've done with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was talking to someone today who wanted to put together some executive, you know, kind of, you know, quote-unquote executive dashboards and, you know, a person who's looking at, at Splunk from a high level and just wants statistics and reports out of it, you, you might create an app that gave them, that had a view that had a, a bunch of statistics on it, like maybe if it's a web company page, load time, failures and things like that or whatever. But, um, and you don't want, let's say, said executive to be able to you actually use the search language. Uh, one might take and uh, put like a time picker on there so that, you know, the executive or whomever was looking at it could get a different time range of those analytics. And for that, you you kind of have to use the XML advanced for that, right? Uh, well, actually, for that, you don't. If you, In the very simple case, you can still do very basic forms using the uh, simple XML. Um, mm-hmm. What Where you would need to change things is if, for example, you had uh, two separate forms on the page and one of them would have a time picker and the other one wouldn't be affected. In that case, you'd have to go to the advanced Excel. Or if I had, uh, let's say, my, all of my um, charts on the, on the dashboard showed just graphical statistics on this month or this week and I wanted to change it to mm-hmm. last week or two weeks ago or the whole year, um, right. to put a time picker in like that or whatever it's called, you, have, you would pretty much have to use advanced XML, right? Uh, no, even that can be you done can with simple. Put, you I mean, can simple put a time picker in advanced XML or simple. Sim- Ooh, yeah, I gotta try that. Well, <laughs> the, the sample, the sample app, the sample app templates have have an example. In fact, it's called the simple sample dashboard, <laughs> simple sample form, and it's got a time picker. Say that again. Simple sample again. Uh, simple Faster. sample form. Simple sample form. Simple sample form. Simple sample form. Okay, I got the idea. Awesome. Did you get it? Is that what S3 it? means? Uh, yeah, I'm sure uh, it does. So <laughs> can you just, because like a user, you know, like a normal user who might use the simple XML or just use a dashboard editor, you know, like maybe they could 
drop in? Can they drop in like a time picker module like on yeah. on the simple XML? Oh, so the, so there's a slight dis- distinction yeah. there. So the dashboard builder creates uses and generates simple XML, and and it is pretty simple. But then there are a few things, including things like putting form fields and time pickers on it that you can't actually do in the graphical interface using the dashboard editor, but you can add to the simple XML and make oh, it work cool. uh, without. So, so it's the same XML format and uh, it, it's not, unf- I think it's fair uh, to go in there because the simple is pretty easy to look at. It's, it's, it's like a, even a simplified dumbed down kind of version of HTML. Right. Uh, the, and so uh, sticking a time picker on there is not, it's fairly obvious when you look at it what's going on, which isn't necessarily the case with the advanced. Does the um, how does I guess would that necessarily work properly if one had their searches that had time ranges in them? So let's say you have three searches that you know because most people they go to the search UI, they make a search, they do it for let's say last five minutes or last thirty days, they save that and they drop it on a dashboard. Would that time picker affect those time ranges or not? Uh, that time picker would not override the time range in a save search, but it would affect the time range in a and an inline search oh, on okay. that page, or if the if the time ranges were specified there. So yeah. What about if it was real time? I don't know. I can't. <laughs> awesome! I stumped yeah. him. <sighs> <laughs> you just get it. All right. Now, here's why you ask me these things? Try it yourself. Here's why we. Here's why we asked Gerald to show up. Yeah. There's something that that if if you were to describe the bridge from simple to advanced XML, that's a big leap. Um, another big leap is when you're debugging, when you're doing stuff that's sort of out of sight of the template of the advanced. You get into these things called intentions, which are, for me, are still very confusing. But maybe we could spend a minute. Before before we jump into intentions, um, that was my intention. Intentionally, I'm going to interrupt you. Okay, so we've got uh, stuff coming up. Um, I'm heading to where am I going? New York tomorrow morning at seven. I'm going to, but you're not going tomorrow though. No, but I'm going to New York. You're just a booth babe. Okay, I'm a nerd. I'm a You're knock a nerd. So uh, we've got Interop, which is a pretty cool trade show. Uh, I don't know if it's called a trade show or whatever. It's all about networking it's security. It's the biggest IT show in North in America now. In a world of large trade shows. <laughs> Anyways. In the galaxy. So Interop, uh, it's all about networking and security. And you'll see Splunk there. Uh, I guess you'll see Jeff and probably some of the other folks. <laughs> Uh, at the booth, um, handing out T-shirts and all of that. But we're in the Network Operations Center. We build a uh, an ISP and uh, set up the whole show. Uh, that's one of the things that Splunk helps with. We're the troubleshooting tool there. So we'll get all the log data on all the switches and routers and firewalls and stuff that is in the NOC provided by other vendors like McAfee and Enterasis and Cirrus is doing wireless. So we might even be able to do a little search to find out where you currently are because we know where your uh, all the wireless arrays are. So I'm, I'm going to work on a, an advanced XML dashboard that does that. So hopefully I can show that off. Um, that's Interop is next 
Wednesday and Thursday, and then I think there's a Friday component. So if you're in New York, come by, check it out. I don't think the expo passes are very expensive. Maybe they're free, but it's always a cool show. Um, probably got some user groups and other stuff coming up. John Mark Walker, uh, hair stand in for Maverick. Are you there? <laughs> He's here. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, what's up? <laughs> wait, it's not Leonel. Wow. Is it? Wait, wait yeah. what? Leonel doesn't sound like that Actually, he has his he's an American citizen now, <laughs> so he had to stop. So. <laughs> I came in here and, and, and Gerald had like her mouth duct taped. I, I, I don't know. It was, it was kind of nice. Ooh. <laughs> I've, I've been missing Sophie's Robin-esque laugh. So yeah. Yeah. Let's I'll Sophie giggle. That <laughs> <laughs> you, Jen. Mark. And I got punched double bonus. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> Transitive. Um, so yes, yes. Okay. User groups, user groups. October twenty eighth in San Francisco. Where in San Francisco? Go. <laughs> so uh, second floor, two fifty Brandon, six thirty p.m. Uh, Thursday, October twenty. <laughs> Thursday, October twenty eighth. Splunk uh, meetup dot com slash Splunk. You'll see it there, and then uh, is is it now up. slash Splunk? Oh cool. yeah, because wow. I made it I made it easier. The new and improved sign up method on uh, meetup.com so you don't have to give it all your like information about your firstborn and how much your house is worth and all that stuff you just put your name and you say yes I'm how interested. can something so, be new and improved at the same time <laughs> I, 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 Deny. <laughs> I digress okay. do that I, exactly exciting <laughs> word jujitsu that's 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 what we do in marketing um yeah, so that's one user group. And we got Rob Doss talking about uh, how we're using uh, Chef and Fabric and some other cool stuff to deploy Splunk in the cloud, how we're automating our Splunk deployments and doing it on a large scale and all this other cool stuff. So if you have to deal with you know, large-scale deployments of Splunk, or you may have to in the future, this is a great, great venue to, to find out more about how to do that. Plus, we got Heroku coming to talk about what they're doing with Splunk. And we have uh, Pivotal Labs uh, giving us a demo of how they're monitoring uh, their APIs with Splunk. So sounds like a stuff. lot of fun. Are you know we should try to uh, we should tr- we should try to broadcast are we, that. Dude. Are we video casting? I was just going to ask. I we think we should broadcast it. In fact, let's, let's do, do that. that. So we'll <laughs> send out some more details in the non-existent show notes about uh, when that is. And also, I'll probably have Splunk TV on next week. So if you're if you're watching awesome. this, maybe we'll we'll do some watch the ninja work or just general stuff we are going to record a podcast next week wednesday i don't know if we're going to go live with it yeah we're going to do it on wednesday jeff and i'll be there maybe wednesday or thursday um so if you happen to be in new york and you know you want to come and talk to us we might let you be on the show or not it was quite a negotiation with gerald's agent to get him here so anyways uh yeah it was going back and forth right up until the time where we came in the studio i mean we were we got our fingers crossed. Uh, you know, for these guys, I, you know, waived a few unusual requirements. He, he, only, he only charged us, you know, you know. I mean, I was accepting of the lime flavored water. And the, <laughs> only the blue M&Ms. But, uh, uh, you know, his usual $100,000 speaking fee was, was reduced uh, by, by some amount. I, I can't disclose, unfortunately, but it was, nice. he gave some disclose. Yeah. Thousand dollars. <laughs> so. All right, Jeff. You have. Uh, I rudely 
interrupted you when you intentionally, when you were thinking about intentions or something. I what's what intentions? What's that? Well, that's what I was asking. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the funny thing, intentions. People keep banding that word around. Um, what an intention is is it's actually a UI item. It's an item in the GUI that takes a Splunk search string and modifies it in some way uh, in order to change its meaning. So understanding what it's supposed to do and trying to change its meaning. So uh, an example, and, and there are different types of intentions. So for example, if you had a Splunk search that specified a few search terms and then sending it to stats and doing some processing, um, there's an intention um, that does that you might use called add term. And what it does is it adds a term to your search. Now, figuring out how to add the term to your search requires some you know, clever little string manipulations um, of what that Splunk query looks like, and that's what the add term intention takes, up, takes care of. There are a few other intentions. There's a delete term intention, um, but probably the most useful one we have is something that's just called the uh, yeah, string replace intention, where... Uh, which is which is what you'd expect to see. You'd um, it replaces a string within uh, your your Splunk search with another string, and that's probably the most useful kind. So essentially, it allows you to parameterize and uh, uh, it allows you to parameterize and and, and make your um, make your searches in your UI uh, more generic, so that you can use the string replace intention to replace a string within the search with something that came from somewhere else, usually, you cool. know, a form somewhere else on your page. Far out, man. So that's intentions. Nice. Ger- Gerald is a total straight man. We were, we were trying to crack him up, and he, he did not even break a smile. There's nothing, there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing funny about intentions. It, it could have been that you guys just aren't really that funny. No, we're not. <laughs> hey, the, the, sad but true. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Did Wild leave the building? I, I haven't. He's... I'm just trying to figure out where this intention turned. Like, did Nick make that up? Um, someone made it up. <laughs> what, is, it was what is your intention? <laughs> what are you intending to do? What do you What, what are you trying to do? Wait, Wait are you know, suggesting it's a no, stupid it just, name? Is that what you're to suggesting? To me, it it just doesn't. It's let's just be charitable and say that it's not an uh, evocative name. Oh, <laughs> perhaps evocative. <laughs> Not an evocative name. Anyways, um, yeah, that was in his contract. He <laughs> had to say that word at least once. I, the I I will probably be using intentions someday. So, and what does it evoke for you, Gerald? <laughs> um, okay, anything? Yeah, okay. I hate how these podcasts okay. have become so commercialized. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that was pretty interesting. There's a point in time when we're going to have this on video where we'll be able to like demonstrate some of the stuff. If you have any feedback or would like to submit a question to be answered on air or just have some topics you want us to rap about, send an email to splunktalk at splunk.com. Usually at the end of the show, we talk about things that we learned this week or just random stuff or sometimes it's Maverick getting his hair and things like that. Um, you know, I was helping somebody the other day, and uh, it was actually a new person that worked at Splunk, and there, there's a dashboard, um, or there's a UI element, or whatever you want to call it, called a single value, and it kind of looks like a button, 
I guess it's a really a rounded rectangle that is, starts out gray and it has, uh, well, it usually has a value in it. And that value might be, for example, um, the number of failed logins. Okay, and there's a search that you might have that generates that. So let's say it's looking for failed logins, uh, stats, pipe it to stats count. And you can just have it filled up with that value. And this is available in the simple XML. But um, I had uh, seen in some other apps where you could take that uh, single value, like little rect run a rectangle, turn it different colors depending on what the value is. So there's a search command called range map. So you pipe it to, you pipe that long search to range map and you can say, you know, which field do you want to pull the range out of, which might be the count and uh, what your ranges need, would like to be. Let's say uh, severe is between five and 10 and info or whatever is between one and one and four. Um, what Splunk will generate if you, if you, are using the search language and hit enter and click on it. It'll it'll give you the stats and the count. It'll give you the range. It gives you a field called range, and that field is, you know, whatever range it was, maybe low, high, or severe. And um, in there, you can also specify the. You know, I think it's. I don't remember if it's done with CSS, but um, the default Splunk has some defaults on what severe elevated, guarded, there's a couple of terms and there will be like orange or yellow or green. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it, I found that even though I put the range map in there, um, my uh, dashboard uh, little thing didn't automatically change to a color. So I had to go into this. In this case, I just used a simple XML and went in there, edited the view and found that if you put a stanza or a little uh, XML tag in there, it says option uh, class field. You put the field of the class, that's the uh, range, you call it range, and it'll drop it right in there and it just works. I kind of wish it just worked out of the box automatically if range map was there, but I thought that was kind of cool because um, people people need that simple stuff to show green, red, or yellow. So that's what I learned this week. Anything, uh, Jeff or, or Gerald? Par or peri periwinkle. You could do that I with the, you probably have to do color. that with CSS. Would you? Oh, you can do it right in the XML with, with the. Wait, uh, is Periwinkle an actual CS CSS color name? Uh, you have to go to the. Yeah. Uh, there, the you you, have you to can to you can alias it the hex hex codes, but yeah. you can you Just can map, do, map can, can you do like an intention like a replace term intention? I my intention would be okay. to make that Periwinkle. Awesome. We, Perhaps did I do that right? Hmm. No, no, you didn't. <laughs> I love having, having Gerald on the show. Can we? No, never again. Never again. <laughs> I think what Gerald is really saying is... Denied. I need more money. <laughs> do, you think, do you think Maverick's going to listen to this podcast and then really step up his game? Kind of like the quarterback that got injured and, you know, he's sidelined in the... The second you string mean, guy comes in and really you mean does like a Drew good Bledsoe job. and uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, except then he went to Buffalo and then that was about it. So, yeah. so Maverick's going to Buffalo. Yeah, maybe. I guess so. Okay. All right. Anything else? Interesting. Anything else? Okay. Cool. Um, I, think we, I think that's it. Who knows what we'll end up with next week? As far as who's on the show, we know Maverick will be back. Maverick will be back, but since we will be in New York City, 
probably be interviewing some folks at Interop and talking about whatever craziness went on there that we're allowed to talk about and whatever happened uh, last night. But as always, um, you know, visit Splunk.tv to subscribe. You can find us in iTunes uh, if you pass this on. Uh, we usually record it every Friday, 11 a.m. CST. And to be part of the show or submit a question, just send an email to SplunkTalk at Splunk.com. As always, thanks for spending a little bit of time with us. Have a great week and happy Splunking. You all better watch out now. Because Splunk is about to take over. Ha, 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 ha.